2: Dancing on Disabilities. One of the disabilities we'll be referring to is polio. Uh, just a word, about, word or two about polio. It's an infectious disease that's caused by a virus which lives in an infected person's throat and or intestines. It may be spread by droplets when the infected person sneezes or coughs contact with the feces of an infected person. And it may be spread by food and water that's been contaminated because an infected person did not wash their hands. Polio mainly affects children. It may lead to irreversible paralysis, usually of the legs. It may cause death when the breathing muscles become paralyzed. It has no cure, pretty depressing story so far, but it can be prevented by the polio vaccine so that by 2014, polio had been eliminated from North America. But people who've had polio many years later develop or may develop post-polio syndrome, which cannot be prevented or cured, which causes tiredness, new muscle weakness, muscle and joint pain, and may create considerable problems in coping, especially in persons who have new health problems and increasing disabilities, all of which is why our topic, Dancing on Disabilities, is so important for people living with disabilities of many types. To discuss our topic, our guest is Myra Goldick. As a child, Mara struggled to overcome a dysfunctional family life, extreme poverty and homelessness. Paralysed by polio and meningitis at the age of 10, she found herself unable to move one single muscle. At first, she was totally dependent on her mother for her every basic need. But through rehabilitation, surgeries, passion and perseverance, she regained some of her mobility. Driven by a desire to succeed, she finished school, married and built a successful career in corporate America. Later in life, she um, experienced a total role reversal when she became her aging ill mother's family caregiver, while at the same time she, Mara, was struggling to manage post-polio syndrome. Today she is an author. Dancing on Our Disabilities is one of her books. She's a speaker, professional artist, coach, internet talk radio host of two shows, and a disability advocate, for both, and these are her words, the challenged and the family caregiver. Her motto is, happiness is a choice regardless of the challenges life creates. So welcome to the show, Mara. It's a
3: delight to be here.
2: Great. Now, first question. Please tell us more about your life with polio. Mara.
3: Okay. As you mentioned, I was just Ten years old, and it uh, was two days before I was to enter school. it was Labor day when I became infected, and I had a very severe case. I was not expected to live. I was in a coma for ten days, and they had called I, I learned afterwards they had called my mother in the middle of the night and said, "Come quickly, we don't think she's going to last." A miracle happened at the 10th day I awakened with the sun streaming across my face. It was a miracle. However, it wasn't long before I discovered I could not move one single muscle. All I could really do was bat my eyelashes and talk. There was nothing else. And I didn't even understand the extent of the damage because, as you mentioned, polio is a virus that enters the body through your mouth or the intestinal system and acts like a virus, a stomach virus. But in many, many, many millions of cases, it it travels up the spinal cord and enters the central nervous system, and finally into the brain, which it did with me. When I awakened, I said to the nurse, I said, was there a priest here? And she said, shocked. Yes, but how do you know that? And I said, because I saw him. And she said, you couldn't have. You were in a coma. And I said, I saw him. I was standing right over there watching him administer last rites to my body. So I had an out-of-body experience, but it wasn't my time. (laughs) The miracle happened, and I did survive. It was a long struggle. I was in the hospital for at least six months, and when I was sent home, I was sent home in a wheelchair, probably longer than six months. But I was sent home in a wheelchair with braces that went all the way up to the top of my rib cage, and uh, crutches with a strict exercise regimen. I was unable to do much of anything for myself. Uh, we lived in a single room, just my mother, brother, and I, with community kitchen and bathroom. Right. so it was it was three years it was a, a, a tough three years before I was able to shed some of the braces and mobility devices that I had been given and return to school
2: right now, now i 'm I'm going to stop you there, Mara because um Partly of the tyranny of time, which you know well, but partly also because I want to get you to talk about other things so we can put the whole story together. So now I want you to tell us about your book, Dancing on Our Disabilities. And please explain to us what you mean by dancing. Myra.
3: Absolutely. I decided to write the book because, for me, one of the more beautiful that we can do in life is to celebrate and to enjoy life spiritually deep in our heart. Can you think of anything not beautiful about dancing? When do we do it? We do it at celebrations. We do it at parties. We do it at even, even sometimes at funeral celebrations. So Dancing on your disability is a spiritual thought and embrace, a metaphorical embrace of accepting life, enjoying life, and moving forward to the best possible degree you can, despite adversity. If it's physical, so what? You dance with your heart and your mind. And that's why I named my book, Dancing on Your Disability, Never Say Impossible to Your Dreams is the subtitle.
2: Great. Now, that's a very good lead into the next question I want to ask you, which is, tell us about the dancers and how you learn to dance on your disabilities. Mara.
3: Thank you. That took a while. Initially, I think almost anybody who suffers a trauma in their life that alters something that they expected to have for the rest of their life, normal mobility, goes through a period of, I guess, frustration, sometimes anger, sometimes depression. I went through all of it, and then I decided that... I had a choice, and that happiness and learning to live life to the best possible level was up to me. No one was going to gift me happiness. Nobody was going to give it to me. It, it, it was something that you build on from within yourself, and truthfully, I was quite tired of having a pity party and feeling sorry for myself, so I decided, okay, okay. We're just going to go out there and live and persevere and take whatever comes your way with the best possible positive attitude you can.
2: Now, Mara, that's the message that you're giving to the dancers that you come into contact with, isn't it?
3: That's it. It's yeah. light is what you make it. So go out and seize the opportunity. See the gift within the adversity. What can you take away from what you first perceived as a loss? And if you think, and you open your eyes and your mind, you will find that gift. It's always there. But you have to get over the... For me, syndrome first.
2: Yeah. And just very quickly, your motto, happiness is a choice regardless of the challenges life creates, that fits what you've just said is the basis for your motto, isn't it?
3: It, It's the absolute basis because I have lived both ways. And if I could Turn my life around. I know that anybody can. It is possible. It's conceivable with the right mindset and the right set of tools. And you do need the tools. You do need the support. Usually you need a, a teacher, a mentor, a guide, somebody that allows you to step out of the negative thinking, to leave it behind, And see the road ahead of you as a glorious road. Maybe you have to ride. You can no longer walk. Whatever it is, you have talents, you have gifts. You have to tap into those tools, your creativity, to find the alternative magic way.
2: I love the way you use the word magic because it's a kind of magic that you create for yourself. Now, talking of magic, we, <laughs> this is where we have to take the break. I like to say this is where we have to pay the rent. So we'll <laughs> do that now. This is Dr. Gordon-Azli, and my, uh, my guest is Myra Goldick. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio. Please stay with us. We will be back.
1: Follow us on Twitter at
0: VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN.
1: You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at now, back to Family Caregivers Unite.
2: Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Myra Golding. Our topic is dancing on disabilities. Mara, let's now talk about the challenges that are experienced by the dancers you hear from in their efforts to survive and triumph over their disabilities. So, Mara, first question. What are the most challenging of the challenges that these dancers experience in their efforts to overcome, to triumph over their disabilities?
3: Mara? I really believe that the number one issue is for society to view them as people first before they view the disability. For example, if you're blind, you may be the most talented person an employer could have working for the firm. But if the employer is not educated to the fact that a disabled person is as valuable, sometimes more because they're so appreciative of being given the chance to develop their independence, that they will be the most loyal employee they have working for them. It's an attitude about yourself and how you present yourself. If you view yourself as unable because of an issue, other people will view you that way. I am not terribly fond of the word disabled because it does define someone who has issues. However, it does not mean that you are unable. I much prefer the word challenged, whether you have visible challenges or invisible. Someone who suffers from hearing loss has an invisible challenge. Some blind people don't even look blind. So they have an invisible challenge. But it's They face a world that still sees them as a disadvantage to society. So they fight that all the time. They are much less likely to get the job than quote-unquote an able-bodied person. They have much more of a chance of living their life in poverty because of it. So there's there are many challenges that they have to face and get over to be able to dance. And if they take on the world and say, I'm here, I'm ready, and I'm able, they will succeed. Can't give up. Hopelessness is probably the biggest stumbling block. Few rejections, and many people lose hope. And that's why when I wrote the book, I said never give up on your dreams. Never say impossible. Because it is really crucial to their success in the world.
2: Right. Next question. Another one. The most challenging of the challenges experienced by the families of dancers when the dancers are engaged in their efforts to survive and triumph over their disabilities.
3: Letting go. (laughs) If you think of a baby between I would say six months and nine to ten months most babies learn to crawl. By the time they're 15 months to 18 months, they're off and running, and they're always running away. Independence (laughs) is the key. And as a caregiver, which I experienced being the one cared for and then experienced being a caregiver, I realized that independence means so much to the human spirit. So as the caregiver... Loving, and and I am speaking about a caregiver who is an unpaid family member or friend. You you have to let go a little bit and let that person try on their own, even though the fear is always that they are putting themselves in, in, in jeopardy. And I think there is going to be a tremendous amount of... Compassion fatigue that happens to a caregiver. It's a very difficult time in someone's life and it's happening more and more to adult caregivers who are taking care of their aging parents because disability is the fastest growing minority on the planet today because we are an aging population. So, you know, at some point Many people are going to find themselves sandwiched between a job of raising their own families and taking care of an aging, sick parent the way I did. not easy, so they have to learn to take care of themselves as well. Check their own emotional health, find help, find support groups, reach out because it's going to be a bumpy ride.
2: Just very quickly, is, does guilt have a part, play a part in the way in which family caregivers care for themselves? I
3: think there is a tendency on the part of a caregiver to overdo and put themselves, their own lives, in death, uh, in jeopardy. Their immune systems will will take a toll, and very often they 'll end up sick themselves when taking care of somebody who 's chronically ill there 's anger and then there 's guilt for feeling angry. This is someone you love it could be an aging partner, and you find yourself with Anger towards someone that you have vowed to be with for the rest of your life that you love, of course there's guilt. That's when you reach out for help because it's normal. You say, why am I having these thoughts? They're awful thoughts. I must be a terrible person. So I strongly advise that you reach out for a support group, for people who've been there, done it, understand, and, and know and have experienced the problem. 65% of all caregivers are women. And in our population today in the U.S., about 52 million people plus are caregivers. It's pretty staggering numbers.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Now, I still, I want to ask you another most what is the most challenging or are the most challenging of the challenges? But this time it's challenges created by the families for the dancers. What are the most challenging of those challenges, Mara?
3: Well, the family very often doesn't want, there are two scenarios. Sometimes the family does not want to accept the person with the challenge or that they have a challenge, particularly if it's something that happens later in life, an accident, an illness. You want them to be the person you've always known them to be, and they place a lot of unnecessary stress on the person who's struggling to get better. Then there's the other end, where the family sometimes is so afraid to give that person freedom. They don't allow the person to try on their own. So, you know, there are two pitfalls there. You you can be overly protective and you can be almost insensitive because it's, it's not convenient for them to be needy and you might have to pick up some of the chores that they are no longer able to do. So that, that to me is a huge channel, a challenge and it takes an adjustment.
2: What do you say to the, the dancers about that particular challenge? What's your, how do you convey that risk to them?
3: I think that a person it's When you are the person with the challenge, the dancer. And you feel that you are capable, capable of doing something that you have not been allowed to do. You have to voice your opinion. You have to check your attitude. You have to check your own anger level. Sometimes there's a lot of friction within the family because now you have become resentful. You are now angry because your family is not listening. So it's very important that there's intervention if that's happening. Because the last thing you want to create is an unhappy home life for all involved because it's going to affect everybody within the family. And if you're angry, you need to deal with your anger. And it's... it's. You have to stop the blame game. It's nobody's fault. Adversity happens at random. You can't predict it, nor can you sidestep it. It happens. If you happen to be the one that has had or is challenged, you have to remember, it's nobody's fault. It happened. So, you know, I feel that attitude adjustments and intervention by a trained person when friction begins to happen is crucial because you'll end up very unhappy if you don't.
2: Right. Mara, that's very clear and what you're saying is that anger is not good for happiness, not good for the sense of success that you've been talking about. Now, it's come to the time for the break once more and so we'll take it now this is Dr. Gordon Adley and my guest is Myra Goldick you're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio please stay with us we will be back
0: Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN.
1: You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite.
2: Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Mara Golding. Our topic is Dancing on Disabilities. Mara, let's now talk about learning to overcome the challenges to surviving and triumphing um, over... What we're still calling disabilities, but by dancing as you mean it. So, Mara, how do dancers learn to overcome the challenges?
3: Mara? That I love that question. Thank you for asking it. <laughs> there are really five basic tools that anybody can use to overcome a challenge. And this applies to the general population as well as somebody who is a dancer, a theoretical dancer. You have to be able to tap into your creativity. And when I say creativity, I am not just speaking about the obvious, art, writing, music. I'm speaking about any form of creativity, thinking, thinking, with a creative, open mind. You need to tap into your passion. What is it that turns you on? And the third thing would be perseverance. A fabulous musician does not learn to play an instrument overnight. Not within a week, two weeks, two years, three years. Sometimes it takes a lifetime of practice and learning, to become a master musician. You have to be able to be grateful for what you have. It's a very important point, and one that has been talked about by many people. But instead of thinking about what you don't have, think about what you do have, that you can develop and you can coast on. That's where the key lies. You also need to be able to accept the things that you can't change, but accept what you can change and move forward with a positive attitude. So let me give you a hypothetical. If you were... A sportsman and an athlete, and something happens where you can no longer play the game you love. Well, what have you learned during that time? It is your passion. Do you want to write a book about it? Do you want to blog about it? Do you want to have a radio show about it? Do you want to answer people's questions? Do you want to coach? There are so many ways. the Only you know what is deep within you and what your passion is, which is exactly what I have done. I, I call myself the queen of reinvention. I keep reinventing myself because post-polio syndrome is progressive, and as it progresses, this is my third career. My first two were extremely successful. I'm on my third, and it is also going gangbusters because... I love it. So those Beautiful. are five, uh, five tools, and I do talk about it in my workbook, Focused, Unstuck, and Back in Action. And it's very easy to follow the, the, the uh, tools, and you will find your secret passion and go for it with all your heart and soul.
2: Great. Next question. How do dancers learn to help their families overcome the challenges that dancers create for their families?
3: Mara? By succeeding. <laughs> By showing them that they can do it. By taking control of their attitude. By being the beautiful, sunny person that their family knew, expects, and wants to interact with. Success brings you more success. Being loving, giving, and sharing, and open brings you more friendship. So it's, it's all up to you. It's what you show. They will be so proud of your success. So go for it.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah very strong Mara another question about dancers how did dancers learn to help their families overcome the challenges that dancers families create for them the dancers how do they do that Mara
3: it's all about communication communication is one of the more important skills hopefully the, the person with the challenge the dancer with the challenge, is able to communicate on some level what they are feeling and the fact that they understand and acknowledge that it is difficult on the family. Now, a child may not be able to express that or even able to understand it, But anybody over 12 or 13 years old is capable of understanding that this is stressful, not just for themselves, but for the family. So open up your heart. Open up and explain that you do get it. I know I had a brother when I was growing up, and it took me a while to understand how horrible it must have been for him to experience one day a perfectly normal physically able sibling to arrive in a wheelchair with braces and get all the attention from most of the family. So, I, you know, I didn't think about that growing up. What it may have done to him. So it's Best to open up your heart and talk about it,
2: Myra, In first of all, which of your books would you recommend to listeners um, who are interested in this? Whole, these three questions: learning to dancers, learning to overcome their own challenges. Overcome the challenges that dancers create for their families and challenge overcoming the challenges that dancers' families create for them, the dancers. What what what's what book are you going to recommend?
3: I recommend Dancing on Your Disabilities, Never Say Impossible to Your Dreams. And the, the the workbook is really an accompanying book. It's it's something it's short, it's easy to do. And if you read Dancing on Your Disabilities, you'll understand why I feel so strongly that I am so able to say with complete confidence to your listeners, it's up to you. It's the choices you make. And you can control your life. Believe it or not, it can be controlled. And it can be a wonderful life despite the adversity. My life is fabulous. I'm a very happy person.
2: This is a powerful message in in various ways, but what it's basically saying is that there's hope. The hope can be turned to happiness, and that you've got a set of tips, instructions, hints on how to do this, that you've distilled from your own experience of going through challenges which you've described to us, which all I can say is were very serious, very serious indeed. So you've travelled a journey, you've succeeded, you've been there, so to speak, and now you're in a position to help others do the same thing for themselves. Is that a reasonable message for me to give back to you based on what I've been hearing in this segment?
3: It's my greatest goal. I feel that everybody deserves happiness. And there's enough of it to go around. Why waste your life searching for it, feeling that you have been denied it? When it's right there, all around you. And it's something that can be decided upon by you. It's your choice. You wake up in the morning. If the first thought that pops into your head is a negative thought, you need to check your thinking. Awareness is the first key. What are you thinking? How much time are you spending thinking about? Oh, it's another day. This aches. That aches. What is your energy being focused on? Is it being focused on, how can I make today special? What's going to happen today that's going to make me feel terrific when I close my eyes tonight? That's the key. Finding the tools and putting them to work for you. Awareness. If you do one simple exercise, And every time you have a negative thought, you write it down and replace it with a positive thought. You will know how much time you're spending wasting on unhappiness. And scientific research says you cannot have both a negative and positive thought simultaneously. You You can have one or the other. So if you find yourself sinking into the darkness, and I do know what that's like. I'm not pretending I've never been there. I have been there. But I now know the method to stop it, to control it, and to move forward with joy.
2: Right. And joy is infectious. Now, once more, time goes very quickly. Uh, We're going to have to take the short break. We'll do that now. This is Dr. Gordon Anthony and my guest is Mara Goldick. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio. Please stay with us. We will be back.
5: The bottom line in business talk.
1: What sets apart VoiceAmerica.tv from the other video content providers on the Internet? Follow
0: us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN.
1: You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite.
2: Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Mara Golding. Our sub- sub- subject, our topic is dancing on disabilities. So now, Mara, let's talk about the things you would like to do or you would like to see done to help the dancers you hear from. So my first question is for you. What more would you like to do? i them for the dancers themselves.
3: Great question. Thank you for asking, Gordon. I think one of the more important things, and I touched on it briefly, is to offer more opportunity for employment to people who are challenged. We're very lucky here in the U.S. because we have the Americans with Disabilities Act. That's not true worldwide. In Western civilization, they make some adjustments in other countries, but there's still a lot of things that need to change. I would like to continue to speak to organizations and groups to inspire people who are just beginning their life and are facing what they feel are unsurmountable odds because they've got a challenge. I would like to see more uh, facilities allow access for mobily challenged people because in some smaller areas, people cannot enter buildings. Even though we in America do have the Americans with Disability Act, it still isn't enforced in many, many places. I will tell you something very sad. A friend of mine took an international flight and he happens to be a paraplegic and it was Turkish Airlines and they made him take his prosthetics off and his, his legs were uh, amputated at mid-thigh and sit during the flight without the prosthetics and put them overhead in the overhead bin. An absolutely horrifying story. Mm -hmm. So what they didn't know is that he sits on the UN uh, advisory board, which uh, protects the rights of the disabled when they travel worldwide. They didn't know that they were really getting into a lot of trouble when they did that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's a wonderful, that's a, heart, a heartwarming story, Mara. Now, I'm still pressing you because we're we're going to run out of time and I have another couple of questions for you. What more would you like to do or see done for the families of the dancers?
3: Mara? I would like them to be recognized. That it, by, it, particularly by employers, very often a person who's been working loyally for an organization or a company has a spouse or a parent with a disability at home. I think there should be provisions made if they can't work overtime without prior notification that they're not penalized for the fact that they come they don't stay after hours or if possible can they have a day where they work at home or over the weekend? I think that we have by and large ignored that segment of the population and as I said it's it's an extremely pressured position to be in, to be a caregiver, and still have to survive yourself. So going forward, I would like to give the caregiver more recognition and more caring for the wonderful jobs they do to take care of people who are unable to take care of themselves.
2: Because after all, the family caregivers in the situations that you've just described are actually subsidizing the social and health care systems, aren't they? Because if they weren't there, something else would have to be done. And that something else could very well cost money. Um, so what I'm perhaps taking a little bit too much time to say is what you've said is absolutely fundamental to... What I believe in, and others who work on this show believe in, that is recognition for family caregivers. Now, Mara, I um, want to ask you, what more you would like to do or see done for dancers who become family caregivers for aging parents? What more would you like to see done for them?
3: I think the healthcare system has to recognize that this is a problem, particularly for people who are fighting a challenge themselves, disabled themselves, and then find themselves in the position of overextending their physical capabilities to take care of someone they love. You know, if you don't provide in your early years emergency, you're going to be in a lot of trouble because I found that we, my family, struggled because of my mother and to, to, to have somebody there when I needed, when I was at work. So I think that the healthcare system has to really seriously, the insurance companies have to address the fact that this is a growing issue. And as I said early on, it's uh, disability is the fastest-growing subgroup on the planet, the disabled. So my feeling is awareness and provision to make life acceptable for the caregiver.
2: And It's right, isn't it, that the caregivers themselves may be seniors, retirees, who are looking looking after their parents who are aging, suffering the consequences of aging, yet they're being looked after by someone who themselves is entering or has entered what we call old age. That's right, isn't it, Mara? That's
3: exactly what's happening, and I, I see it and hear it all the time. I meet so many people like that, and it's, it's really very sad because you, you can see the stress. It's not because they don't deeply care for the person. It's because it has so negatively affected their own life that they begin to have this tremendous stress and burden and they are themselves in serious danger of becoming more sick themselves because they are really working around the clock when you think about it.
2: So this comes back to the point you made earlier, the need for recognition. Recognition for what family caregivers do, recognition for the challenges that they face and recognition of the point that supporting family caregivers is in fact supporting the health care system in very positive ways. I know I've just made a political speech but do you agree with me Mara? I couldn't agree with you more.
3: I, I think it's so important. I, I'm not sure if I have a minute or two left but I have a personal friend who has MS and her husband is of working age, and it, he fell and broke his leg. During his absence, they have a caregiver for her. She's really very, very affected by MS. But when he broke his leg, it was impossible because at night when she needed to get out of bed to use the bathroom, he was the one who cared for her, and he was unable to do it with a broken leg. And they were so desperate because the insurance, they, there was no provision at all for help for them. So it, it's really a frightening situation, and, and it's one that needs to be addressed, and people need to, to be aware of it and be prepared. And we need to push some of these agencies, these insurance agencies, to, to add provisions for emergency right. like that. Right.
2: Right. That's going to be the next episode of this show with you, Mara. Mara, I want to say something very personal to you. I am proud to have had you as my guest on this on this episode of Family Caregivers Unite. Uh, the story of the road you travel, uh, the story of your success, the story of the way in which you overcame your challenges and the story of which you now reach out to others to share Not just share your insights and your advice, but actually to help them through the five steps um, lead the successful life, the happy life that you are leading. Thank you and all strength to you, and I mean it, I would very much like to do another episode with you. I also want to say thank you. (laughs) My pleasure, thank you. I want to say thank you to our listeners. We'd like to hear your comments on this episode. From our listeners, I'd like to hear about ideas for topics, or if you're interested in being a guest on the show. Our next episode will be home training for fetal alcohol spectrum disorders. Please join us, same time, same spot on the internet. Talk to you then.